Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is sponsored by The Jordan Harbinger Show. Jordan dives into the minds of fascinating people, from athletes, authors, and scientists, to mobsters, spies, and hostage negotiators, all with the noble cause to make you a more informed, critical thinker to operate better in today's world. Jordan's also got a fun weekly segment, Feedback Friday, where he covers advice on everything from escaping a cult or psycho family situations to relationships and networking to even just asking for a raise. Point blank. Jordan Harbinger is smart, funny, and easy to listen to. You'll be pressed to find an episode without excellent conversation, a few laughs, and actionable advice that can directly improve your life. You can't go wrong with adding The Jordan Harbinger Show to your rotation. It's incredibly interesting. There's never a dull show. Search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never roleplayed before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukake, your host. Our heroes have entered the Adamantine Mine. Juniper checked in with the future king to see if he had a plan once victory was assured. Butthole convinced her to have faith. Quinny confirmed the details of the plan with Reginald, and the group flew across a gap into the mine. What terrifying creatures await them in the darkness beyond? Find out next on Dom Doms and Dragons. Dum Dums, you've arrived at the mines uh, that connect through to Aka. Uh, you are on, in a lot of ways, on the the threshold. Uh, unfortunately, the reports you've received are that these mines be full of monsters, uh, which of <laughs> course makes them a, a slightly uh, more awkward entry point. Uh, monsters scary enough that the people taking shelter here would rather face the zombie hordes than uh, the monsters themselves. Um, from the outside, you found a uh, a small entryway carved into the side of kind of a, a hill um, that had been uh, tucked away, had clearly at, at some point been buried, um, but has been excavated and uh, broken into. Um, around the mouth of this large, heavy stone arch, um, you can see, and like, think of this really as um, the sort of support beam style. Like, it's not like a beautiful stone arch with, you know, a keystone and other things. This really is like flat slab, two side slabs, um, like what right. you would see with wood at the entranceway to a mine. Mm. Um, about two, uh, about a, a foot thick uh, stone um, entryway has been cracked um, and shattered. Uh, there are branches and other things that have been kind of piled up and around, and there are belongings um, from the uh, ill-fated campers um, who had sought refuge here kind of uh, scattered around. You can also see some dried blood now that you're up closer. Um, there's like a, a bloody smeared handprint uh, along one side. Um, there's some expen- um, some lost uh, crossbow bolts that almost look like someone fumbled some. Um, so mm. not that they, you know, fired something, hit it and bounced off, but just kind of scattered haphazardly around. It's not like they made camp outside the mouth of this, but you can see the sorts of things that you would uh, likely lose in a beating a hasty retreat, mm. um, just kind of uh, out and around. All right. Uh, hey, Reginald, uh, I kind of remember from our little body swap escapade that uh, 
when I was you and you were me, I could like relive events or like see things or know things if I touched an object. Do you think it would be appropriate for you to try and pop one of those off right now with this weird campsite detritus and that fucking bloodstain on the wall? Yeah, it's hard for me to argue that that would be a bad idea. This is a very good idea. Everybody shut up. I have to do a thing. Uh, he's already back to his <laughs> normal self inside. But yes, he would like to use grim psychometry, Tom. It is one of his abilities. Cool. So he can take a history check to recall information about dark objects I'm touching or dark places I'm present in. Uh, the info focuses on the darker aspects of the history and can convey images or history I wasn't previously aware of on higher roles. Let's kick it. That is a 22. Cool. So, um, Reginald, you're, you're immediately struck by the fact that this place doesn't feel that dark. Um, so there's enough in this campsite, obviously, or the not the campsite. There's enough uh, detritus and things left over from the campsite that you can get a sense of that. And that absolutely has the dark uh, psychometry vibe, mm-hmm. but it's not, you're not getting the like oppressive weight that you would expect. Um, I think from the mine isn't evil. The mine is just a mine. However, there you go. Yeah. he'd go over to definitely like handle the blood to see if he can get any specific history 100%. off of that. Mm. Yep. So as you, as you touch the, uh, the, the blood um, you're, you're struck in kind of the, you know, Frodo putting on the ring, gray shadows, um, Arkham video game recreation. We're like, shut up, whatever. It's cool. It's literary. Um, uh, <laughs> struck by kind of a shadowy um, recollection of um, just sort of a, a group of, of um, uh, you know, like a, an orc and two humans and a, a gnome wearing furs um, and uh, looking pretty rough. Um, worse for the wear and you kind of feel them brush past you um, in a mad sprint. Um, one of them uh, turns around dramatically um, with a repeater crossbow to fire uh, behind her in flight. And you can see just as she turns dramatically, you know, like cloak sweeps out behind her, just all the bolts fly out of the the top of the repeater. Cause it's just a little cradle. It's not like a proper clip. Um, as she turns, uh, and then she she fires, and it clicks dry, um, and you just see like a, a look of of panic on her face um, before she stumbles uh, past you backward and uh, falls into the gorge. Um, you see a a, a limping um, human just kind of like lumbering along behind uh, the the crew. Um, with uh, what looked like bites uh, on his face and uh, chest and shoulder, large bites, smear blood along the wall um, and continue to run. And yeah, basically it's it's this small band um, making a, a desperate flight. Not all of them uh, make it out. Hmm. Um, you see one, uh, a, a large, and you can't really make out what it is in, in this darkness, Um but like a large uh, four-legged creature seems to leap onto the back of, of one of them. You see large, um, two front teeth, uh, sort of long and flat, two bottom teeth, long and flat, chomp into um, sort of the, the the fallen man's spine and just pull him back into the shadows. Um, and otherwise, it's just this desperate crew. They they torch the the bridge behind them. Um, and you can see several of these these four legged creatures emerge and kind of stand watching uh, the bridge burn and collapse. Um, and they stay there staring longer than the you know you can see the shadowy figures of of the the people who fled in the distance. And that even after they've disappeared, sort of out of sight and out of the the range of your psychometry, these creatures still stay there staring, um, standing stock still. Um, for you get the sense like a while. Um, I think you had you had a while, 22, 23? Yeah, 22. 22. So again, admittedly a very good role. Um, these aren't creatures you're tremendously familiar with. Um, they have kind of uh, large um, uh, large torsos. Uh, you can almost think um, visually in terms of the body like 
like an anteater kind of situation. Hmm. So like kind of a large uh, barrel torso, kind of squat arms and legs. Um, the face comes forward not into the anteater's little snoot though, but into um, a uh, sort of a larger uh, jaw and kind of skull, um, but coming to um, a, a, a like almost a, a, a dog's muzzle with these large teeth. So just kind of like a general mix of unpleasant Glad things. you described it because I was just thinking of rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, longer, longer and like with a tail. Um, so okay. like a, a big, a big heavy body. Um, and are they about person size, Tom, or what's the mass just looking um, at them? Yeah, they're a little, oh no, actually, yeah, they're, they're uh, about, they're, they're smaller, a little bit smaller than a human, but not, not by much. Um, okay, so like, like the one that jumped black this. Black bear sort of scale. Smaller than that, uh, I would oh, say okay. like a like a wild boar, but bigger, a mm-hmm. little bigger, a little longer. Um, like I don't know, I'm trying okay. to think of like an appropriate thing here, like maybe a like a. It's okay. A le- you don't have to describe them anymore. We're not going to encounter them. It's fine. Yeah, that's true. These are just <laughs> ghosts, ghosts of memory. Um, I don't know. Maybe like a shorter crocodile that's standing like that. It's it's not. Yeah. They're they're big enough that if a if a like a standard humanoid sized person was jumped by one, they would be knocked over. Is I guess probably the most useful thing I can give mm. you. Like Komodo not, dragon scale. Sorry, Komodo dragon Ooh. scale. Um, yeah, yeah, but like if they stood upright, so you know, like Komodo dragons are down and, and yeah. kind of crawly. If you like, <laughs> you know, if they're a transformer a and you just pulled those legs under them, can you not make them scarier, please? Then that that <laughs> size, yeah. So they stand upright like people, or they stand on all fours. Just stand on all fours. Um, so yeah, like 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 an anteater or like a dog or just a meal. Cool. Again, if you're thinking these legs, like little tiny little tiny elephant, you know, <laughs> just like they've got the big thumpy legs under them. Yeah, and Reginald takes a hand off the blood and just turns back to the rest, and you can see he's grown visibly paler. And he says, I don't know necessarily what these are. The closest thing I've ever heard of are gerbils. Like Very. the little, little furry guys? What the hell do you think gerbils are? That, like little you know, pets. Children, yeah, children have them to look no, after. No, you fools. Gerbils are terror weapons used by the beast masters of the horde. They're, they're the size of half a horse as bodily strong as a man. Four-legged murder machines with front teeth that'll eat anything, then curl into a ball and sleep on its corpse. Okay, so that's what you saw. Something like that. I don't know. Okay. I Honestly, seen it's this a pretty before, good. The gerbil thing's actually very good. <laughs> Fairly accurate. <laughs> Does someone have paper? Uh, no. <laughs> well, then fuck you. You don't get a drawing. <laughs> no, uh, Ju- Juniper definitely has like her old like parchment from scroll days. Yeah. You're just used to having a bunch of scrolls. Well, I mean, and you shit. also forge. You know, you're, you've got your forging kit. You got, yeah. you got options. Oh, that's, that's unless you use that the makes ball more Ginny. sense. Mrs. Paisley has paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Juniper doesn't, but Mrs. Paisley does. <laughs> yeah. uh, Reginald would go over and just sketch out a rough image of the creatures that he saw and say, like, I saw some, but there are more. Okay. Fuckers like stood around forever after they ate people, and they dragged people back into the darkness. Yeah. yeah so oh. to your eyes, Quinny and Juniper, thinking of like gerbil gerbils um these things are uh are, are larger um and obviously but uh also uh hairless so you know in no uncertain terms if a naked mole rat mm-hmm. fucked a gerbil and then it was the size of a kimono dragon on upright that's kind of what we're dealing with giant mole rat basically okay okay so how do we are we going to encounter these things Let's in the, in the mind, plan then? that we will and hope that we don't. Okay, so we're Reginald, how do we how do we we're going to these? encounter? We're going to encounter them. You cannot walk into the dark and assume the monsters won't come for you. You have to be ready. Okay, hey, okay, man, this is like step one of a very long trek. Are you going to be able to kind of keep it together here? Listen, you don't know how many of them are down here. I'm fine fighting people. I can surrender to people. You can't surrender to an army of Germans. Well, then uh, let's true. not get into a position where, where we'll have to not surrender. Let's, how, how do we fight them? What do they have weaknesses? What's, I mean, you've well, seen the picture. The sketches, yeah, it looks like you want to keep away from the front end. Right. And, uh, and hit them with a hammer. 
Okay, that's the first part of the plan that sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, if they get in close, we'll hit them with a hammer. We can use magic to scare them off. If, listen, if they're just animals, then all we have to do is, I don't know, get big, make a lot of noise, and hit them with shit if they get close. Like, they're not going to go to war. They just don't want us to be in their mind, frankly. Okay, so you've kind of worked yourself back around to being calm about this, which no, no, I no, appreciate. No, 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 I'm butthole. <laughs> oh, God, okay. <laughs> Reginald's the one panicking over in the it, corner. Okay, I'm just saying okay. his butthole. This all seems like the kind of thing we could pretty much do. Yeah, we've been in this kind of scenario before with weird underground beasts and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, we just go through, and then if they show up, we can, like, flash lights at them and yell a bunch or whatever. I can use thermotergy, and then we just murder them if we have to. The standing still after chasing people off thing leads me to believe there may be uh, an element of control here that uh, we're not taking into account. They may not scare off like wild animals. Okay. Well, I mean, I think we could try the wild animal thing, and then if that doesn't work, we just murder them all or whatever. Yeah. I mean, here's the deal. We're not actually here to get rid of the gerbil people. We're here to get through this and go to a thing that's more no, important. I'm just saying, so. if we see a guy who appears to be the gerbil master or whatever, maybe if we kill him, we don't have to worry about the hordes of gerbils for the rest of the trip. That's all oh I'm saying. Oh my god, you guys have a gerbil master too? Yes, we hunt the gerbil master. Then we can take his gerbils for ourselves and lead them into a car. All right, there we go. See, we're wow, excellent. We're, we're I'll keep an eye lemonade out for the gerbil there. Great. Now you, Quinny, you're good at scouting, so we're gonna need you to find the gerbil master. Juniper, keep, keep an, an eye, eye out. out for gerbils. Butthole, keep an eye out for gerbils. Huckleberry, you sneak up and kill the gerbil master. Whatever you do, get his gerbil whistle. It's key to leading them if he's like the one from the horde. Whistle, got it. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> look, I don't mean to overstep there. Uh, Mr. Brown Barrel, but I believe the whistle was assigned to me. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I'm acknowledging the existence of a whistle that controls gerbils. I'm just saying, and he pulls the hat down. He's like, (laughs) you're not the only sneaky fella in town no more. And he flips his his cape out dramatically. And then he like looks, he shoots a look at at Sheriff Juniper and kind of like, we know what's up. Yes, we'll agree that whoever does Juniper their just job... Thinks, what an odd hill to die on. <laughs> whoever does their job better will be declared the better thief. So you two get to work. Do You gotta steal that whistle or kill the gerbil master or both. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective minds. But now we are selling some sick mugs. And it is so easy. All because we use Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. It'll help you turn browsers into buyers because it has the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, which means curious people are more likely to buy from you. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. One of the big problems Shopify solved for us was international shipping. Our shipping prices, if people were outside of the U.S., were through the roof. But the moment we switched over to Shopify, we were able to choose where our orders were being fulfilled from in different places, which meant shipping could be cheap for all of our fans everywhere around the globe. So if you were even thinking about opening a store, sign up now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B-S. If you open a store with Shopify, you're going to be hearing that sound a lot. Hello, everyone. It's Tyler Hewitt here, just taking a little break from the show to let you know that Dum Dums and Dice have a Patreon. Yeah. Did you know that? Have you heard about this? We've got a Patreon, and we've got a bunch of different tiers for you to subscribe at, the lowest one being just $1 per month, and with that, you actually get one of my favorite perks. You get access to our patron-only Discord. You've got a lot of fans hanging out on there already. It's very active. Uh, we hang out on there. We're active uh, and part of the Discord as well. We've got one of my favorite channels is the Questions for Cast channel, where you can ask us about our process, about our characters or anything like that, but also just like personal, you know, kind of get to know us questions as well. Uh, And I like getting to know the fans of our shows uh, on this Discord. So it's been great so far. I highly recommend it. You should head over to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. One more time, patreon.com slash dumdumdice. 
See you there. All right. What's the uh, entrance of this uh, cave situation like? Is it caved in? Was it, um, was it no. So it you can tell um, you've got the stone arch. It's yeah. got some brush kind of that has been leaned up against it that has mm-hmm. in turn been knocked out. At a quick glance and from Reginald's vision, it's pretty clear that like when the campers were here, they put up some light cover just to, you know, keep sure. the zombies out. Um, <laughs> but it looks like uh, this um, arch was buried at some point. Um you're not sure how long ago, but it's been excavated back out. So it's not that the entryway is collapsed. It's more so that uh, there was a stone slab um, that sealed it that's been cracked and broken. Okay. Um, so you can you can enter directly into this space. It's it's clear. Um, but around the mouth of it, there's like um, a lot of kind of debris and and stone and everything else. And it's very clear that at some point this entryway was buried back into the side of the the hill. All right. Um, I'll turn to the rest of the party and say, okay, so I'll head in. I'll go in uh, maybe, you know, 100 feet or something like that. See what's going on. I'll come back out, report back, let you know what's up, and then we can head in together, okay? That sounds good. Use your ring of invisibility so they don't see you. But remember, they can smell if they're fucking gerbils. That's a good point. Yeah, all right. See you in a minute. And all I'll right. uh, activate the ring and head inside. Okay. Um, so you make your way through the, the entrance, um, and there's a an unadorned um, hallway. Uh, you can see more um, sort of uh, traces of, of blood, um, as well as uh, drag marks leading inward, um, <laughs> which tracks with, uh, with Reginald's vision. Um, and then it... Uh, this small hallway opens up into um, a large um, square chamber. There's a mid-sized uh, square chamber. Um, and <laughs> For Quinny, it's large. Yeah, for Quinny. <laughs> <laughs> um, in it, there are two uh, statues on kind of your left and right of uh, dwarves um, standing in um, uh, wearing a very ornate armor. Um, they're kind of crudely carved. So think like if you've seen um, sort of Viking carvings um, where it's it's all kind of like if if like you think like game tokens or anything else where it's just sort of almost like, okay, like it's going to be the shape of the rock and we'll just carve the character into it, not yeah. a fully, fully um, broken thing. Um, the main defining feature of these, uh, these two statues is they both have a hand um, palm out uh, very uh, visibly carved into them um, uh, kind of pointing in the, in the direction that you've entered um, the other thing Quinny that is of, of great interest to you is uh, the giant swinging blades um, in this room that are wedged um, into the wall um, to your left and right there is a, a large kind of half moon shaped blade um, with a cut rope um, coiled on top of it and around it. Uh, and you can tell that um, these things were definitely um, set to trigger if anyone entered the way you just did um, and seemingly were at some point. Um, but they are they are currently uh, inactive and, and kind of wedged in there. Um, at the north end of the room, um, there is a crack in in a wall. Um, it's it's seemingly a, a flat, interlocked stone wall, um, but there is a a very noticeable um, sort of person sized chunk that's been broken out, uh, seemingly by pickaxes. It's kind of got that rough shape, um, and beyond it, uh, you can you, you can f- sort of smell on the air the uh, the the dusty stale air of of um, of sort of an an underground sort of that smell you get in like a, a mine or a catacomb. Okay. I would like to very cautiously approach this crack and just look through. I don't want to go any further, but I want to see what's through there. I do have devil sight so I can see in magical and natural darkness up to 120 feet. 
Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I can see a good distance. Um, looking in, uh, you can see a massive um, two clip two, um, basically like a double stacked um, uh, crossbow ballista. Um, so sort of a, a large, almost like turret sized um, thing. Uh, but uh, it has a broken leg and is pointed at the ceiling. Um, you can tell just, I think, from from your your thieving that uh, this is very clearly un- yet another layer of kind of trap death where, in theory, anyone opening this wall would immediately get pin Interesting. Okay. Hmm. Satisfied with my investigation, I'm going to head back to the group. Uh, and as long as nothing stops me from doing that, I... <laughs> <laughs> you step over yeah. several, uh, like, you know, tricky panels in the floor that are are not, like, don't depress anymore, have clearly you're, done their you're thing. The guy, you're the guy that follows Indiana Jones. Yeah, that's yep. right. <laughs> uh, come back out, and I say, uh, well, our, uh, our campers here certainly did a good job of tripping, like, every trap in their path uh but uh the next room i see is is empty i think we can head in just watch your step and uh it's dark so those of you that can't see in the dark we'll have to light some torches i think butthole put on his eye patch of the owl he has one eye piece uh that'll keep him going in the dark uh and reginald forgot hers back too Reginald just swings up his hammer, which bursts into flame because he has a flaming war hammer that he uses as a torch. Uh, so he's clutching a weapon that is also lighting his way. But uh, Farthole's legacy stealthy. lives on. Yeah. Long may he reign. Rest in peace, King. <laughs> R.I.P. in peace. Um, F. Re- uh, Requiescat yeah. in Farthole. <laughs> <laughs> joke just for you and me tom all right yeah so, uh, man it works it works baby <laughs> um great so um all of you then are are heading in yeah when Quinny's heading yeah. back in yep oh yeah great um so yeah um you you make your way into the uh room with the the two sort of uh sentinel sculptures um i should ask are you doing anything or are you moving up to where where Quinny got to well, Quinny would walk past the Sadgers and say, I'm not sure what to make of these two just yet, uh, but uh, there's a crack in the wall up ahead that it looks like the party moved through and tripped more traps on the other side. Uh, I think Reginald and, and Butthole are just trying to take in the space, kind of like following Quinny as it goes, but both are very kind of curious people as they go forwards. Butthole very much with his gut. I think Reginald is straight up trying to math out how any of this would work if there are magical traps that aren't obvious. Like his paranoia is cranked to 10. Cool. Yeah, I think, um, can you roll me an arcana check then as Reginald? Sure. 16. Yeah. Um, so looking around, Reginald, you're mostly seeing um, mechanical traps. Um, there doesn't seem to be magical or magically enhanced anything, um, which isn't to say there isn't. But as someone who has set up elaborate um, uh, traps, oh god, what's the perpetual motion guy? Um, I'm drawing a complete blank, but, um, you know, like wacky, incredible machine style traps. You've just set up like, Oh, the Rube Goldberg. Thank you. Rube Goldberg. Jesus Christ. You know, like literally like when a car stalled that happened to my (laughs) brain just now, I was like, Oh, (laughs) name I've known since childhood. No. Yeah. No, no. If Reginald had been building this, the trick is you always want to have super nasty magic shit up front. And then you use some mechanical shit in the middle and super nasty magic again to the, the point of like having made these Rube Goldberg murder machines before, yeah, it's missing that step, but the thing is you're seeing the things you would replace magic with yeah. if you didn't have it. So, for example, like, do you need swinging blades and a two-stack crossbow? You sure do if there aren't exploding glyphs. Um, and so I think you're you're familiar enough with this style of paranoia and yep. the style of trap 
that you you can see what's missing, but you can also see what they've replaced it with. Yeah, it was competently made. This actually makes sense to him, which I think whenever he can see a method to any sort of plan to murder him, that always calms him down because he's like, okay, there's an intent he can work around here. Um, can you roll me a perception, please? As Reginald? Yeah. Eight. Eight. Okay. Very good at investigation, very good at arcana. Yeah, he has trouble paying attention to the details immediately around him. Um, well, I'm sorry. Uh, investigation might actually be the better role here. So you can go oh, with that well, if you want. Basically, it's, it's like uh, just for as you're taking in the surroundings and trying to figure out what all these things are. What number um, did I say I rolled? Uh, you said it was a total eight. of eight. Eight. Okay. So that becomes a 17. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. Um, because it one went thing, from minus one to plus nine. The thing oh that stands God. out the most to you, Reginald, is, as you're making your your kind of way through, is um, the crossbow piece is somewhat impractical. Um, you know, it's the leg is broken, it's pointed in the wrong direction, but looking at it, it's, again, like a double-stacked crossbow with a hell of a lot of bolts. Like, it's got two full, like, heavy, heavy clips worth of bolts. Um, and you can see all manner of mechanism to reload, to just auto load, uh, load bolts with a 17, um, it's a, it strikes you as odd, uh, B you're able to ascertain that, uh, it's likely meant to, you know, it certainly doesn't have infinite ammunition, but if you were to just build this thing and then leave it alone for a really fuck long time and you needed to ensure that it would still shoot anyone who came through, it seems like it's got that kind of intent like this doesn't feel like an actively monitored weapon okay yep all right hey, reginald and uh butthole uh, are these like a car traps like do they have the make of your people or is there like a different civilization making traps down here or something well this doesn't stand out to me what about you butthole uh i don't know i don't really do traps so this is kind of a different thing well, then I'm afraid I'm your expert, and these are not a car-based. What I can right. tell you is I don't think these were actively manned. These appear to have been put in place and one could say over-engineered from some time ago. Though the fact that the murder gerbils are inside and they're all aiming out is its own concern. All right. You guys want to head into the, the next room together, or shall I uh, go on I would like myself? you to go first and yeah, to I allow figured, us to remain here. I figured that's what you wanted, yeah. Everybody else, we cool with that? Yes. I, uh, I'll be right I, back. I guess, yeah. So the there's a doorway into the next uh, the next room, um, and this one, unlike the wait, the this is going through the crack, or we through the crack? Uh, you're through the crack. The oh. crossbow was on the other side of the crack, so the idea is gotcha. you break through the wall, and then it just shoots you. Shoot you. And yeah. if you decide to continue to break right, through right. that wall, it will just keep shooting you until you stop touching cool, the cool, wall. Cool. Um, but this is a small room. This room is clearly built to hold this ballista and nothing else. Right. Um, okay. So um, Quinny kind of moving past that. There is a, a, a dwarf-sized door um, that's uh, quite comfortable for you um, into a, uh, a large uh, circular chamber. So stepping through, um, you're immediately struck by um, uh, dim light um, from sort of four... Uh, hanging briars um, that have uh, some kind of glowing stone in them rather than uh, than, than fire. Um, it's a large uh, circular room, um, kind of like a, 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 a like a cylinder. Um, probably it goes high up. It goes tall. Yeah, probably about two stories um, okay. up. So certainly a higher ceiling than you've you've seen. Um, you can tell that uh, you've been on a slight downslope um, as as you descend into the mines. So it's not like you know there's there's a giant smokestack or some shit you missed outside. Like there's not just a weird silo that you didn't notice. It's it's all subterranean. Um, on the directly ahead of you, there is um, a, a doorway, um, sort of like an open doorway or passageway, I should say into further into into the uh into the space um there are also um exits to the left and right um so the east and west um 
again, these smaller doors, like what you just went through on the left and right, directly ahead of you, the one on the north wall is larger. Um, it's sort of twice as wide and twice as, as tall. Uh, the dim light is only in this space, though. Beyond that, you with your double sight, you can see um, just sort of a, another large, uh, another sort of squarish room. Um, can't see much from here, though. Uh, in this room, um, you can see that there is writing on the walls um, uh, that's been carved into uh, into the walls um, in fairly fine um, and careful hand. Um, that seems to be kind of like lining the walls and. Um, that is true of most of it. There is, however, um, the, the writing stops at some point, and then there's blank space. Um, in the center of the room, there is uh, another statue. Um, this one is rather odd. Um, it is a, a rectangular uh, column, or not column, um, pillar, I guess. So just like a rectangular box. Uh, comes up to um, probably your chin, so so fairly high, um, and above it there is a uh, a cylindrical object. Um, this one is made of of um, a a glass of some sort. Uh, it's slightly murky, um, and in it um, is a a bluish liquid um, that shimmers a little bit with the uh, the same kind of glow as the stones. Um, and, uh, so it's like, kind of, is it, am I picturing this right? It's like a plinth upon which is sitting this thing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So like, um, uh, honestly, like, I guess a plinth is the right term. It's kind of what you would like just a rectangular box, um, yeah. made of stone. And then on top of it is this, this okay. crystalline, uh, um, cylindrical object. Gotcha. Um, Thank and you. next to the cylindrical object on top of the, the rectangular, uh, plinth, um, there's an odd uh, uh, upside down stone cone that has been carved into uh, the plinth. And that's about all you can see from here. Do I see spent traps the way I did it in the last two rooms? You do not. Um, I think to a thieves eye, um, this is likely this, this space feels um, it's a lot more ornate. It's a lot more cared for. It's clearly been more trafficked. Uh, it's seen more traffic. Uh, your guess would be that this and what lays beyond is likely what the traps were protecting, but not okay. trap themselves because that would impede the the nature of whatever this room is for. Okay, I'll uh, I'll come back and say, uh, looks like the next room is trap free as far as I can tell, and there's a bunch of shit going on. You gotta come in and see this. There's some writing, there's liquids on pedestals. I don't I don't know what to make of all of it. And there's more than one doorway too, so now we gotta make a choice. Anyway, come on. Yep, my butthole and Reginald will follow, so oh, yeah. Goblin Jr. The Juniper's whole right there with them. Uh, looking at the writing on the wall in this new room, Tom, and the number of dwarven artifacts and dwarf-sized doors that have appeared, uh, butthole speaks and can read dwarvish is the writing on that the wall very dwarvish. helpful in this particular instance. <laughs> um yes um it absolutely is so in the uh in in the the light cast from um uh reginald tammer as well as with with your eyepiece in the dim light of the room um you can read uh names uh and you can tell that it is names from from top to bottom um yep all right, so it appears that this is some kind of memorial, maybe? It's all names. Everything top to bottom is all names. So this is made for somebody. And then we get this this water thing. Does, uh, looking at it from uh, his religious bent, uh, Butthole's kind of history with the ceremony and things like that, does any of the standouts having a ritual significance to him? Can he, like, put together what he thinks this space is for? Um, you can roll me a religion check if you want, and we can, or an insight, I guess, if we're going with your, your kind of clear. 19. Yeah, 19. Um, yeah, so this definitely feels like a, a memorial space. Um, you're correct. Uh, from a re religious perspective, the pedestal and, uh, the, the sort of glass cylinder don't signify anything particularly to you, aside from if you were to build this Moonhammer today, you would. This is where you would put a hammer or a statue of, of Moonhammer. Um, 
Otherwise, there is a, a solemnity to this room. Um, it does feel austere. Uh, the dim light doesn't seem to be things that have burned down, but rather a respectful choice. Mm. Um, and I think thinking of it in religious terms, um, the fact that there is blank wall space seems to suggest intent that there will be more names. All right. So this, if I was to guess, this is starting to feel like we're breaking into a tomb instead of a mine, which is weird. We've got a lot of names. We've got this thing, which has some sort of emotional significance, but nothing arcane. I'm not seeing any symbols from a religion I recognize, but clearly they thought there were going to be maybe more because the writing stops. This this has been people who died in the mine? I mean, it could be, like but it's written workers? in it's written in dwarvish, which is not traditionally like a cause language. Why do you write names on a wall anywhere? Why do you do that? To remember people, usually Remembering when they're gone, or to commemorate or who are, honor them. But yeah. that's less common. Usually, give them like medals and shit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So why protect a tomb this intensely? You see that stuff that was built out there. Well, I think if you had gerbils who were murderers, you wouldn't need the traps. So I'm, I feel like one of these may have led to the other at some point. Like, okay. let's say you're building... Have you guys ever seen the stage play Lord of the Rings? Like, no, let's I, say you have been to all of these plays, and I have never gone to a play with you. Well, we've never gone to see a show. Honestly, it, I feel I, like this is... I mean, I saw is, it on my journey to when I was coming to see when you're you. going, see you going to see back shows. I, yeah. I ain't seen a show once. Okay, well, do you know, we're going to make a rule that when we take over a car and we have our own country, we're going to have to start bringing the tours in. Like, I'm talking not just right. the, the off-Broadway tours. Well, then I don't want tell me about up. Lord of the Rings then, because I, I don't want it spoiled for me. Broadway, okay. of course, <laughs> being the famous water deep street where all the theaters are. Yeah. Exactly. All right, so just cover your ears, Quinny, and I'll tell oh, everyone fine. else the thing that this could be like. covers his ears so he's not getting any of this information so if i mean it's hilarious because i'm now saying this to the person who's seen the play but anyways lord of the rings the dwarves dig this big fucking mine and then it turns out there's a monster in it and then everything goes bad what we've got here is some sort of fancy dwarven thing that we know becomes a mine eventually and a bunch of murder gerbils it feels like they may have dug a hole and then discovered monsters right that makes we, perfect sense. It's like, yeah, the, the dwarves mined this originally. I mean, it does math out to me. So maybe we should tell Quinny like it's a news story that we came up with. It'll spoil okay. things, but he won't know. Okay, yes, perfect. Hands off of ears. So what's up with the blue liquid? All right, so here's our theory. There were okay. dwarves who were making yeah. a fancy thing here or something, and then they dug too deep and found monsters. Oh, no, it's a tragedy. Okay. A little... Little note about oh no, it's a tragedy. Seems like it might be the plot to a play. <laughs> Listen, for but a anyway. guy who's never seen a play, you seem to be making a lot of guesses. What I'm telling you is this is our guess about what's happening here. All right. I feel like it's a tragedy when your people are eaten by gerbils and you lose everything. Oh uh, yeah, okay. Given that blue. the dwarves aren't here anymore. Must blue blue stuff? Anything? I don't really want to touch it. I don't want to drink it. Okay, so you're willing to touch it? Yeah, sure. Right, go over there. <laughs> go He's going to go over and just touch the container, Tom. Does anything happen? Um, no, as you tap it, like the, the liquid responds as liquid as liquid do. Um, it's, uh, there is a, uh, the viscosity isn't what you'd expect from, from water, which kind of tracks with the fact that it's got this, this luminescence to it. Um, so it's certainly like as you, you tap it, um, it responds, but uh, almost a little bit slower as though there's something else in it. Mm. Um, but other than that, like there's no big reaction. And there's no grim psychometry triggers or anything. It's not dark. Not at all. Well, it's not water, but I don't know anything else about it. Also, it's not helping us get to a car. Yeah, all right. I think there's probably some cultural dwarvish things that none of us understand or are aware of. I mean, yeah, it seems to fit this room, later. so perhaps I mean, we, we should move on. 
Should we take a vial of it just in case it's something that'll help us with gerbils? Sure. Yeah, go for it, man. Um. <laughs> yeah. You would see that stage play of Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, in looking at it, there does seem to be a a tap, like a spigot, um, but it is stone. Um, it is not functional. So, in order to get mm-hmm. any of this liquid out, you'll need to break it. Oh, it turns out we have to break it to get the stuff out. I don't want to just go break somebody's tomb. I, I yeah, if I was yeah, I if I like was that. here to raid the tomb, I'd be more about it, but we're really just passing through. So, all right, if it's important, we'll come back for it. You want to check these other doors? Or you want to try this big major door in the middle here seems to indicate the next part. Okay, well, I don't understand puzzles, so I can pray on it, but I feel like everyone's going to get mad. So maybe Quinny and Reginald, as the two smart people, can math this out. All right, I kind of want to see what's behind these other doors before moving on. I don't like leaving things that have not been searched behind me. Yes, please, let's check those doors. All right, let's take the one on the left, and I want to go to this door, Tom. Sure. So, um... You go to the door. It is a um, a stone door, um, as you'd expect. Um, that said, it slides, um, mm-hmm. and the uh, the tracks that it's on have been meticulously carved. Like for a st- it's still heavy, but it slides very easily out of the way. It's just mm. you know, it's like pushing something heavy on a on wheels. It's like oh, okay, it still slides just fine. Um, for this uh, this door in particular, you um, you kind of like crank it open, and you're immediately hit with just that smell of stale air. Um, and uh, inside, uh, sure enough, um, you can see um, sort of like a, a large rectangular room um, with uh, a lower ceiling than than the one you were just in, um, but with uh, um, stone. Um, caskets um, sort of lining the the wall. So they're not inset into the wall. Um, they're on the ground, um, but there's uh, essentially four rows of um, of these caskets. And again, it's 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 a deep enough room that there are several or so there's like four columns and then a, a number of rows deep. Um, on the left and right wall, um, you can see there are um, caved in, entrances similar to the one you just came through you can actually see one of the stone doors like the one you just rolled out of the way cracked um and kind of having slid forward um the tombs are undisturbed um and the uh, the two other ways in and out of this room seem to have collapsed all right well quinny yeah do you want to open up one of those caskets and see if there's anything inside we might want to take that could make us more powerful and or dangerous? Yeah. <laughs> well then, I think it's time for you and I to rob some graves like heroes. Uh, and Reginald is here to assist you trying to open those. He, he warns you that he thinks there may be traps in these if they've trapped other stuff, but he just needs you to crack one open. Yeah, I've got a crowbar, but I want to start by examining... The, the closest casket. Sure. Um, so oh, they are, they aren't carved out of the floor. They've been placed on the floor. Um, and uh, yeah, they're, um, they're very simple. Um, they're just like rectangular caskets. Um, there is writing um, chiseled in a singular line um, kind of down, uh, down the center uh, you can tell probably from butthole transcribing stuff and everything else. Uh, it's clear that the, the name um, has been written in kind of a vertical column. Um, and then there is a, a symbol um, that is common to all of them. Um, that is like a rune that has been carved um, at the, the sort of the, the top. So it's like a large sort of circular indentation with a rune carved into it. And then the, the column of, of name. Uh, Otherwise, there's no class or anything. It's literally just like a stone slab on top of a stone box. Yeah, and everything no, clicks together real nice, but there's yeah, yeah. and no yeah. loot or anything like that. Um, 
did you uh, my understanding was you were just examining the outside you sorry want to push, sorry i thought you would talk us through opening it yes uh, if, if everything looks fine yeah let's proceed to opening it oh yeah. my gosh it's full of balrogs uh no you uh <laughs> close it close it <laughs> you push the um uh push the slab off and it does slide off it, it's not you know wedged on there or anything um and again you just hit with that that stale smell of of um decay Inside, um, there is uh, the body of uh, of a dwarf um, that's been wrapped in a shroud. Um, so just sort of uh, that that shape, um, arms kind of folded over it, sort of mummy style. Um, and it, inside, you see just some like there's like a dented tin cup um, with the same sigil etched into it that you saw on on the top. Um, there is uh, some rotting, um, like it was just a bundle of, of rotting papers um, in a corner. Um, there seems to be a set of dice, of uh, sort of well well used um, bone dice, um, and uh, a um, a rusted uh, pickaxe, kind of placed between over the feet. Uh, so not like holding it like a, a war axe, just kind of like rested uh, across the feet that's it this this axe uh, this pickaxe looks ancient like very very old right. and okay. uh fairly chipped and, and busted reginald, right, reginald has proficiency in dice how well made are these dice um not <laughs> tremendously well made honestly they're just very well used fair enough uh reginald would reach out to see if he could get anything off of this body in terms of grim psychometry to find out how they died like was it a gerbil related attack or did they just die in like a mine or at work yeah, give or me uh, give me a history check because yeah your psychometry lasts like an hour right it's not a specific psychometry is just in an instant he can try to sense things oh, cool. if it's a cool, cool, cool. if it's a dark place or a grim thing and then he's good he does better the darker the history is that is a net 20 Nat 20 Ooh. Um, wow. Uh, so interestingly, even with a nat 20, it's hard to pull, uh, pull an image off this. Um, you see a, um, uh, this, this dwarf presumably, um, and, uh, he's, um, leaning one hand against a wall, um, and, and coughing, uh, very deeply and in, in a way that's so ragged that you because you can't really hear but you can see his his body shuddering with it um and kind of through the 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 grim darkness of of these sort of clouded images uh you see another dwarf a- approach with one of these cones uh like you saw in the main room um and hand it to him and he he drinks the the fluid inside and um just kind of nods um, but then coughs um, a couple more times, and you actually see him sink to his knees. And it's hard. You're having a hard time pulling this image, um, but you see him kind of continue to cough um, and just eventually kind of slide down this wall and fall over. Um, and you see a number of other dwarves kind of uh, rush over, and you can see one of them sort of calling for help. Uh, but there's not a gerbil in sight. Um Okay, it looks like this guy died of illness. Also, this is a tomb for poor people, so robbing them is pointless. Uh, yeah, here's the thing. That part. This guy was sick, and he yeah. died. And they fed him some of that blue not-water crap, and then he died. So don't drink the blue not-water crap. Uh, it's either a health potion that doesn't work, or it's some sort of you-got-sick-and-now-you're-dead potion. Yeah, poison. Yeah. I think that's the more technical term. <laughs> All right. So a poison... Possibly. Uh, poison water cooler is what it looks like. Well, he was coughing like a bastard before he went down. So this person was sick. So that is possibly related. All I'm saying is okay. natural causes, no dribbles uh, and no money. All right. Let's check uh, room number two. All right. So um, abandoning this room, uh, you make your way across. Um, uh, this time the uh, the door is open a crack, um, like about a, a foot. Um, and I think, um, Reginald, as soon as you touch it, um, you kind of get, get struck. You feel a little ill, um, and your, your kind of, uh, psychometry senses start, start tingling. Uh, can you roll me a history, please? That is, oh man, 27. 27. Um, you are, um, struck uh 
rather firmly by the the image of of um, hands um, pulling on this this door, um, but they're not the hands of these these campers. Um, they seem to be uh, darkened, uh, vaguely bony hands uh, pulling from the inside. Um, having wedged this this door open, um, and it's not just one pair of hands. It seems to be several grasping, sort of almost desperate hands uh, that that have pulled this this door open. And sure enough, kind of with this image in your mind, you're able to see scuff marks on the walls. Uh, and it's very clear that uh, a lot of something forced its way out of this room. And he just grabs Quinny by the back of the collar before Quinny goes in through the gap. And he's like, this feels like a zombie room to me. There was a shitload of something undead and it came out of this door and I do not know where it is. All right. Uh, good, uh, good catch. I'm going to tag you out and say the cleric and paladin should uh, maybe take a look at this door then, huh? I agree. Someone who's not us should go in there. Uh, All right. Butthole just approaches. Okay, so I heard that there's a thing over here you guys don't want to rob, so I should probably go in and look, right? Yeah, you might be dealing with a zombie situation. Uh, You might benefit from a series of protective auras, a la Juniper here as well. Yeah, no, that's fine. I've got my bag of oak leaves. I'm ready to turn them away. It's great. All righty. So, Juniper, you lead the way. I'll go with you, and you guys stay here in case gerbils show up. Sounds good. Okay. Great. So you push the door a little bit open, uh, further open in order to uh, allow both of you to pass through. Um, and you enter uh, to find uh, a carbon copy of the room that um, Quinny and Reginald uh, were just in. Um, except this one has uh, one entryway that is, or sorry, two ent- yeah, one entryway that's collapsed, one that isn't uh, leading into another chamber. Um and a number, again, like columns and rows of these uh, these coffins. Uh, the main difference being that uh, all of the lids uh, have been shattered um, and broken, and all of the bodies are gone. Okay, this looks like zombies. Also, uh, Juniper, I'm just going to think a little bit ahead. Uh, if the other room across the other side was full of, I think I heard the corpses of poor people get yelled at some point, we should go and smash their heads in. I could not agree more. <laughs> so we just both turn and walk yeah. out of this room saying nothing. Yeah, the <laughs> like, you find anything? Space. Hey, what the fuck? And just like, Got a job to do. Yeah, and then you just hear us mangling corpses <laughs> from the central room. Look, you know, it's a grim job, but fool me several times, zombies. Shame on, on us. Uh, and so, um, butthole and juniper, you you go about your 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 and grim but juniper's necessary. like apologizing as she's doing this. Like, so sorry has to be done. So sorry has to be done. Yeah, like, but but no disrespect, no disrespect. <laughs> Butthole's following Juniper and, like, blessing the parts, pieces of the corpses that are left and, like, putting the lids back on. They're both really trying to do this as classy as possible. It's not yep. about who you were in life. It's who you may become in death. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, we, we have a lot of dwarf friends. <laughs> he closes the lids. And so, incredibly apologetically, uh, you make sure that uh, none of these dwarves rise again as you commit the most polite desecration of a tomb I think I've ever heard. <sighs> if only everyone was was so considerate. This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at DelBorovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser, and our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. 
Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Spot Allen, Flynn1138, Alorain Okapi, OMG It's Big Nick, D&D and Things, Norma Byers, Schrodinger's Pepper, Guy Edwards, Flea Unit, Madre de Gatos, Lady Maiden, Melissa Rain, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Forgive me, Father. For I have sinned. It's been six months. Since my last confession. What would you like to confess today? I have decades of failings. I could recap here. Today, I want to confess the worst thing I've ever done. Uh, okay. Uh, lots to unpack here. I can be kind of a crap husband. I took eight years of my life and lit it on fire in a matter of five hours. So I did what any self-respecting father would do. I am. <laughs> Lightly dosed his Gatorade with a powerful laxative. And I guess sorry for making out in the confessional. Since confession is about talking to God, I felt... He had a right to know what you've done. What I've done? What did I do? Are you kidding? Do you love Emily? What the hell kind of question is that? Well, you're not going to absolve me? That's the whole point. Please leave the sacrament to the professionals. Where do you get off talking to me like this? <clears throat> Excuse me? What the f- Who is there? Forgive me. A comedy podcast from Rogue Dialogue.